love you, Jesus. We, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that we will follow you anywhere that you lead us, God. I, I thank you for this uh, warmer weather, uncommonly warm weather. Father, I pray that uh, as, we, as we hear your word, that you would move us, that uh, we would be moved to uh, be more and more like you, God. Uh, we love you, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Good morning. Y'all can have a seat. Before we get started, let's let's pray. I just prayed, but um, I'd I'd love for you guys to pray for yourselves first. Um, We're talking about parenting today from Proverbs, and whether you're a parent or a future parent or you have parents, God has something for each of you. And so just meet God and ask him to um, show you what you need to see. All right, so pray for yourself. And and would um, would you kindly pray for me? Um, that anything that I say only comes from God, that there's nothing that comes from Phil, that uh, you get everything you need and God gets the glory for everything. Jesus, we thank you that we have the opportunity to come into your throne room, uh, that it's a gift, that it's such a gift. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that we don't have to earn salvation. It is a free gift and uh, you freely give it, God. I pray that you would open the ears of your people, whether they're here live or listening online, that, that they would hear your word and that it would stir something in their hearts and that you would do a heart work, God, to transform whatever's going on in their lives and transform it into more and more like you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Uh, my name's Phil. Uh, I've been married 20, almost 25 years. We have two boys, Henry's a senior, and Eli is a sophomore in high school. Today we're talking about parenting, and so what are your dreams for your kids? If you asked me that 17 years ago, I probably had said that I want my kids to know Jesus and love Jesus and to go to a respectable college, to have a wife that loves them, and also to be successful. And now that I think about it, I may have gotten some of it wrong. And I don't think I'm the only one. What are your dreams for your kids? Considering what we celebrate, I'd be more apt to say that people's aspirations for their kids are for them to maybe make the honor roll, to attend a fine academic institution, and to be successful. We celebrate what our kids do and what our kids accomplish, don't we? But what if I were to tell you there's something more important than what our kid does or who, what he or she accomplishes? What if I were to tell you that who your boy and who your girl becomes is way more important than the school they get into, than the job they get, or the championship they win? What if I were to tell you that parenting isn't simply about how we modify our kids' behavior, but it's who they become. What if I tell you that parenting is more about our kids' hearts than it's what they do or the things that they accomplish? And by the way, it's about our hearts as parents too and how God transforms our hearts. One of the things I love about Scripture is it gives us as parents and students wisdom for the way. The Bible gives us something to aim for 
unintentionally or intentionally, we're all aiming at something. Scripture encourages us to aim for shaping our kids' hearts. The heart of your boy, the heart of your girl, and oh, by the way, your heart too. So let's take a look at what God's Word has to say about it. So we'll continue our series in Proverbs. So Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Hear me. Parenting is about God using you to form and shape the heart of your child. Let me say that again. Parenting is about God using you to form and shape the heart of your child. By the way, one of the ways he does this is by forming and shaping our hearts. It's easy for us to forget, but parenting is every just as much about the parent as it is the child. In his book, Parenting, Paul David Tripp says, the mystery of the way God works is that he sends fools to rescue fools because he does, it takes grace to be a tool for God's agenda of rescuing grace. He sends fools to rescue fools, but it's by God's grace. So what does it look like for us as parents to parent the heart of a child? I mean, it sounds all well and good, right? But what, what do we do? How do we do it? Well, as, as parents, God calls us to give direction, to discipline, and to develop disciples. So we're going to look at those three things. So we're going to look at direction first. So Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he or she should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Many parents view this as a promise and a heavenly guarantee for parenting, for child rearing. If you do this, this will happen. It's an equation that always works. That's what we think sometimes, right? A plus B equals C. But Proverbs aren't promises. Remember, Proverbs are principles. They speak to the norm, not the exception. And so many have interpreted this verse to have three fundamental truths. The first is, this verse is about raising children. You see that there. The second is, this verse tells us care, to carefully train children to live the right way. And the third is, this verse says that those who are raised rightly will continue to live rightly, whether that's a given as a guarantee or not. But another author argues this. So listen to this. Another author argues that this verse is not a promise to parents to raise their children, who raise their children properly, but a warning to those who allow their adolescents to grow up without guidance, who raise them to go their own way. Think about that. So Arthur Richard Clifford gives this paraphrase to it. He says, let a boy do what he wants, and he'll grow up to be a self-willed adult incapable of change. Think about that. Let me read it again. Let a boy do what he wants, and he'll grow up to be a self-willed adult incapable of change. So, how do we train up our children in the way they should go? Well, Deuteronomy has something to say about that. So, Deuteronomy 6, 6-7 speaks to this. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. 
So what are these words he's referring to early in this? So if you look back a verse in Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. So what does that actually look like? So parents, it starts with our love for God and overflows as we raise our children. I'm going to say that again. It starts with our love for God and it overflows with our children as we raise them. The greatest gift you can ever give your kids is your relationship with God. The greatest gift you can ever give your kids is your relationship with Jesus. And the overflow of that spills out. This is so important because we often miss this because we're maybe looking for a checklist of how to raise our children. How does that happen? It, it doesn't happen at a family meeting called once in a while, right? Out of frustration. It happens as we are sitting in the house or our car or as we drive to school or as we sit down to dinner or as we go to bed or wake our children up, as we listen. As we listen, as we listen. So direction looks differently for kids depending on the season you're in as a parent. I want you to think about parenting in three different seasons, right? You've got the season of protection when they're young, season of preparation when they grow up, and a season of partnership as they get even older. So in how we parent to our child's heart may vary depending on the season that we're in as our kids. So think about it. When your kids are young, they need protection. They can't do anything for themselves. An infant can't do anything. And as they grow up, they need you to establish authority because they need to be able to hear your voice, not the tone of your voice. They need to hear your voice, and they need to be able to obey that so that when they hear God's voice, they obey it, right? You're the conduit to speak to your children about Jesus, right? So as they grow up, you want to prepare them to give them responsibilities to handle. You're not going to give an infant responsibilities. They can't do anything. You give this toddler probably not a lot of responsibilities, but as they grow up, elementary, middle school, you're giving them more and more responsibilities to handle with the end goal of partnership and helping them establish independence. They shouldn't be living into your house when they're 30 years old, right? Um, However, too often we parent in the reverse, So we treat our three-year-old like they're a high school senior and we allow them to call the shots. How about that? Anyone ever seen that? Don't raise your hand. But we we treat our three-year-old and let them make all these decisions and then when they're a junior in high school, they start making poor decisions and we lock down on them and give them like high direction and we wonder why they don't listen. Sound familiar? So why is this so important? So as the seasons of parenting vary, so should our approach with our kids. But we're all focused on not their behaviors, but the heart behind it. Why are they doing it? So one of the ways God uses us as parents is is us to parent the heart of our children is providing direction. The second way God uses us to parent is providing discipline. So look, there's two Proverbs here. Proverbs 22.15 says, 
Folly is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline dries it far from them. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from your child. If you strike him with the rod, he won't die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save him from Sheol. So folly or foolishness is what you deal with and I deal with as a parent every day. Foolishness is what makes your child think he or she knows better than you. Does that resonate? Resonates with me. Um, Any of these sound familiar? Billy has decided at the wise age of three, he's only eating french fries the rest of his life and not going to touch green vegetables. The wise age of three. Susie declared at the discerning age of four that she can only sleep in your bed. And Jeremy, now in the sixth grade, thinks his parents are really stupid for not allowing him to play video games and instead require him to do his homework. Any of that sound familiar? So these are various ages, various situations, but a consistent theme runs through it. Did you see it? It's foolishness. It can be, it can be deceiving, and we as parents tend to parent the wrong thing. We parent the wrong thing. It's something that they did. It's not something that they did. It's actually who they are. They come into the world with it, and they can't free themselves from it. They can't. We need to point them to the only person who can free them from it, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can rescue us and our kids from our foolishness. But he uses us as parents to, fr- to help free them, right? When we give direction and we dis- discipline and we disciple our kids. So as parents, we aren't just dealing with actions and words. We're dealing with the thing that controls it. We're dealing with their heart. We're dealing with their heart. So for whatever reason, it's easy to get it wrong. It's easy to get it wrong. I've gotten it wrong. You've gotten it wrong. We're all, all honest with ourselves, right? So instead of the parent running the household sometimes and calling the shots, the kids are. We're moving away from the responsibility God entrusts us as parents. Why is that happening? Well, maybe we've moved away from discipline because we were disciplined harshly. We're trying to overcome how we were parented. Maybe we've moved away from discipline because it's exhausting. We're tired, you know. Parenting is exhausting. We lose sleep when our kids are little because they're up all night. All right, any, any, any grant in the back? You know, losing a little sleep, maybe? Yeah. Tired, potentially? Um, well, the other thing is we lose sleep when our kids are older because we fear that they'll be gone all night. So all too often we think, I'm just too tired to deal with this now just too tired maybe we don't discipline because of what it costs us sometimes our children our our child's poor decisions actually impact us too so we leave a store early because little johnny went sideways in the in the store right Uh, or uh, we leave an event because of a behavior issue or we're late to work because things went sideways in the morning or maybe We don't discipline because 
we see discipline as cruel. Disciplining is cruel. Maybe we think that. But we forget that God, who is our perfect and loving Father, disciplines those he loves. Hebrews 12.5 says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son who he receives. Discipline is a way we love our children. Let me say, like, disciplining our children is showing them love. It's a sign we're actually God's children. God disciplines his kids. It's a sign that we belong to him when he disciplines us. So God disciplines those he loves, and the reason he disciplines us is he's trying to form and shape us to become more and more like him in his son's image. So we discipline our kids, not out of anger, but because we want them to reflect Jesus Christ. That's why we discipline. Parents, let's discipline our children. It's hard. It's exhausting. But it's the right thing to do. It's loving them. So our aim in parenting is our child's heart. We parent the heart by providing direction, by, through discipline, and by making it our aim to develop disciples. So in Proverbs 4, 1 to 3, it says, Hear, O sons, a father's instructions. And be attentive that you may gain insight. Uh, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother. So all throughout Proverbs, we read this phrase. You hear this phrase, hear, O sons, a father's instructions. Or listen, my son. So a father is speaking to his son. He wants him to grow to know and apply knowledge. And this, definition of biblical, this is the definition of biblical wisdom. It's applied knowledge. So there's four words that Paul David Tripp says to keep in your back pocket as you parent, whether, regardless of the season they're in. There's four words. Um, glory, wisdom, story, and welcome. So I just want to walk through each one real quick. So glory, like point out God's glory. It's everywhere. It's from the leaves changing. It's from the birds chirping. Like, help your child be stunned at how big and glorious God is, from the waves crashing to how the sun rises. Like, God is so big. Like, show God's, point out God's glory as you walk with them. Wisdom. Share God's wisdom and truth with your children. But it's got to be in you, right? So whatever's in you is going to spill out. So drink it up as a parent and allow that spill out. But share God's wisdom with your kids when they wake up and when you're driving story tell the story of jesus over and over and over and over again point them to their creator point them to the one who sacrificed his life for them right we want our sons and our daughters to grow to love and know jesus and follow him all the days of their life so story the last one is welcome like talk about god how god welcomes us to come to him with anything and everything, to confess our sins, and that he's already, he, he, he's willing to forgive. He is faithful. He receives that forgiveness, and he gives it freely. So keep those in your back pocket. Keep glory, wisdom, story, and welcome in your back pocket. Tozer wrote this, simple but profound. He said, only a disciple can make a disciple. Only a disciple can make a disciple. So we're the chief disciple makers in our household. Parenting is about preparation. 
We're preparing our children to go, not stay. Uh, we're launching them. We're releasing them. It's like arrows in a quiver, right? So uh, Psalm 127.4 says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the, are the children of one's youth. Parents, our days are spent training them so they'll be ready. They're never fully ready. Right? They're never fully ready. But that's our aim, to get them ready. But like to point them to Jesus, to work on their heart, right? So, but what we've got, but we're not just preparing them for college or a job or building their own family and home. Our goal is to prepare them to follow Jesus. We do that by parenting to the child's heart. So we give them direction, we provide discipline, and we make disciples. So let's do our own heart work here. So I want you to think about, I'm going to ask some questions, and this was really good for me, and I think it would be really good for us as a body too, just to reflect, to do our own heart work, to see where am I? Like, how is my heart? Because from the overflow of your heart comes parenting. Whether you're a parent or not, right? You have, we all have parents. So this is something for everyone. And so let me ask some questions to get the, the, the pump primed. So under direction, think about this. How am I pointing my children to Jesus? Do I model what is most important? Do my kids see what I value? And so how do we define value? Think about this. How do I spend my time? So if we look at your calendar, what fills your time? How do I use my talents? Do I use it for my glory and my growth? Or am I using it to point people to Jesus, my serving? How do I model generosity with God's resources? So do my kids see what I value? Time, talent, and resources. So that's under direction. There's something for everyone there. Uh, under discipline, think about this. Do I only respond to my son or daughter's behavior? Or do I try and understand the why behind my son and daughter's behavior? There's a difference. What they did versus why they did it. The why is the heart. The what is the behavior. We want a parent to understand the why, why they did that. And then walk with them in that and point them to their creator. Do I model repentance for my children? We all screw up, right? When was the last time you went to your kid and said, I'm sorry, I screwed up? Remember, parenting is about just as much about us as it is our kids. We need Jesus too. Am I consistent with discipline? James always talks about long obedience in the same direction, right? So what is, what is accepted is approved. Kids need clear expectations and consistency. So, so parents, when we fall short in this, let's confess it. And say, I, I screwed up. I messed up. Own it. That's on me. The last is around discipleship. And this one really out of all of them this this was really hard for me but really good it says if my if my children did what i do what would that produce so what i'm getting here at is our children see what we value and they notice how we live and where we spend our time right so if our children's our children did what we did what would that produce do I model spiritual practices? Am I serving? Am I leading my family? Am I loving and serving well? Am I in community? Or am I, am I lone shark? You heard the, the Andes talk about community, right? Guys, are you, are, you, are, you, are you in community with other brothers? Or are you alone, right? 
when we had a women's retreat yesterday, right? So are you connected, even if that, like, are you connected with other people, right? Uh, are you, as a couple, are you guys connected as well? Are you doing community with others? Um, so it's in the modeling part, do I practice these spiritual practices? And it's not a look at me, look at me. And it is about modeling, right? So maybe it's, hey, kids, I read this great Bible story today. Or kids, I love God's church. Or kids, I saw God answer this prayer that I'm praying for. Or kids, as a family, we're going to serve after church and go help move this stuff. Or whatever it is, right? So, question for you guys. What's your aim? What are you aiming at? And are you aiming at the right thing? So, I know as parents, it can seem like we're flying blind, right? Uh, we're just trying to figure it out. I remember when, when Henry was born 17 years ago, and Ann and I walked out of the hospital, and I was like, all right, so is someone going to give me a test? It's like, I don't have a kid. I'm going to go home with this infant. I don't know how to raise them. I don't, like, we're going to have to feed this kid. We're gonna, like, is, someone give, is this legal for me to walk out? But they, but they like, so we're, 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 we're doing, we're, sometimes we feel like we're flying blind, right? Um, but we've never done this before. You're flying and just trying to figure it out as you go. And sometimes it feels like you're tired and you just want to get the kids to sleep so you can sleep, right? Because we're exhausted. But God mercifully gives us direction. And that's the beautiful thing. God, he's with us. He gives us direction. And it may be feel like you're flying blind, but we're not flying alone. God is always with us. He trains us to give direction, to provide discipline, and to disciple our children. And so what a joy, what a joy it is to parent the heart of a child. So in a world that celebrates accomplishments and status, scholarships and championships, we get to parent the heart of our children. We get to parent what really matters. So we don't, you don't see a bumper sticker that reads, my kid has a heart for Jesus, or my kid had the humility to repent yesterday, or my kid had the courage to have a tough conversation yesterday. May our dream for our children be that they would have a heart for God, and may God give us the courage and wisdom as we point our children to Jesus. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we, we thank you that uh, your word never returns void. When it goes out, uh, it never returns void. God, I, I know that um, each person here heard something. God, do a work in their life that only you could do. Um, whether they're a young parent, old parent, they aren't a parent at all, God. Um, we all have something that needs to change in our lives. Father, we know that uh, you are God and that we aren't. And so we humbly come to you like Solomon prayed when you gave him the kingdom. He, he said, I can't figure this out. I can't lead your people. Um, and God said, ask for anything. And, and Solomon didn't ask. He, did, he didn't ask for riches. Um, he humbly came before you and said, I can't do this. I need your help. And God, what you granted him was wisdom and discernment. And he was the wisest person that ever lived. So God, we beg you, we humbly come before you and say, we can't do this on our own. Only with you can we do this. And so God, give us the wisdom and the courage to move into our children's lives. I pray that our lives change and the overflow of our lives spill out on our children and they love and serve you for all the days of their lives. In your name, amen.